Hello and welcome back to Podcast in a Pear Tree. We are so excited to be back with you. I'm Aaron Lee. I'm Samantha. Mm, and I'm Danielle. Danielle is eating right now. I'm sorry, I'm trying and to finish eating. I fully sorry. support this decision. Okay. Eating is key. <laughs> I'm hungry, sorry. <laughs> At any rate, we are going to be reviewing Hallmark's The Most Colorful Time of the Year today. But before we get started, what you watching? Tell me. You know, I've been doing a lot of Hallmark throwbacks. You know, because they replay all the time and some of them are so good. So I was revisiting Switched for Christmas, which is my <gasps> favorite CCB film. It's classic CCB. It's classic Hallmark, classic CCB, where she plays twin sisters and they switch lives, basically. And they both, you know, are pressured with planning some sort of event. So they switch lives. One is a single businesswoman in downtown Denver. And then the other is a single mom's elementary school teacher where she works at the school, something like that. Anyhow, it's a really good one. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. It is a throwback to the good times of Hallmark. I watched uh, Lifetime's A Show-Stopping Christmas. It's a big old skip for me. The basic premise is that a community theater in the Berkshires does a performance of A Christmas Carol every year. And this year, the evil owner of the theater has decided to sell. But... Her nephew, who happens to be a hunky TV star in Hollywood, is in town and ends up getting the role of Bob Cratchit. Eventually, of course, the theater doesn't sell and... We all live happily ever after. The main actor in this is not hunky enough to be a hunky TV actor in L.A. in a Lifetime movie. He needs to be hunkier. Like, he's a very attractive, very nice person. But if that aspect of it hadn't been there, if it hadn't been specifically called out that he's like a hunky actor and he spends most of his time without a shirt on in his television show, like, (laughs) you need to be hunky to do that. And he was not. Oh no, I hate that. What, what network? Like, you're know, not Samantha. hot enough to be doing this. What what is this? What network is this on? Lifetime. Oh, did I see promos for that? It sounded really familiar, but at first when you said that, I was like, wasn't that holiday spectacular? But this is no, that's a completely this different film that Lifetime's was actually pretty good. Version of Lifetime's version. Oh, okay. not nearly not as good as holiday attention. spectacular. Okay, well, thanks for that advice. And just to comment on Samantha's switched at Christmas, switched for Four. Christmas, for Christmas. Okay. I had not seen that film until October, you know, that whole marathon of multiple <laughs> movies I watched. So I now understand the quality of a classic CCB kind of film, etc. So uh, maybe that's that's a throwback one that we fully review sometime because I know you all probably want to do some throwback films at some point. So maybe <laughs> we will work on doing that. Well, and also I'm glad that although CCB left Hallmark, all of her old films still play all the time. So it's kind of nice because those were the good ones. <laughs> yeah, the good ones. <laughs> Not the Christmas contest or that weird Wizard of Oz one she did in 2020. Wizard of Oz? Yeah, she did this weird one that was supposed to be based on the Wizard of Oz. It was not good. Oh, which one was that? Was it Christmas Town, was it? No, I call Christmas Town the borderline CCB because it was fine. There was nothing really particularly wrong with Christmas Town, but you started to see that downhill slope. That was yeah. Oh, wait, that wait. Was the first film of the decline. It was, of CCB. It was the beginning of the decline. Right. Wait, was that one where she like adopted the kid? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still a lifetime. 
time, but I, I'm learning yeah. as much as I can. <laughs> You've got to learn the sequence, though, too. Yes. That was 2019. Her pinnacle, 2018, with a shoe addict's Christmas. That yes. Was, that one's a classic, that was, too. It was butter. You know, we should have like a whole episode. We could do a CCB episode. Yeah. Yeah. Go back just to kind of understand. And then I yeah, can ask all my questions because I don't really know. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying. The I'm trying. height, the timeline, the downward spiral, we have it all. Okay. We, we have it all. But we are here tonight to talk about Hallmark's film. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> sorry, I didn't get to share the film that I watched. <laughs> What'd you eating. watch, Danielle? What'd you watch? I watched a lot. And so I had to narrow, I was like, I'm only going to talk about one. Which one is it going to be? So I am going to add that I did watch on Lifetime, Kirk Franklin's The Night Before Christmas. And this is the second time they've done a collaboration with him. And I must say that I felt very good after it. There's a lot of practical relational struggles. It just evokes a lot of reflection on community, joy, and gratitude. And it's more than just, oh, I feel good. It's just more than just a fuzzy feeling. It's it's really gives you this, I don't know how to explain it, but like food for the soul because of the uplifting music that they have. The talent is on point. They find good people who can really sing. And I can't deny it. I was like emotional crybaby. They'd sing Silent Night on like acapella and I'd be like, so good, so good. just fills you with a lot of community, joy, and gratitude. But I will say, um, if you don't like rich music in your Christmas movies, then this is not for you. You don't like the music? Oh, I love the music. I love the music. <laughs> so I might have to belly up to the bar for that one. Um, but okay, yes. Thank okay. you. Uh, let's, Back, let's to review. Yes. Back to business. Sorry about that, Danielle. Yeah. Back to business. We are here to review the most colorful time of the year on Hallmark. Oh. Uh, ooh, hey, let, ooh. let me at least sum it up here. We're going to okay. get into it. Mm-hmm. Hold your chatter. Hold your commentary. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. And the most colorful time of the year is about uh, an optometrist named Michelle, who is also a single mother and a science teacher, a grade school science teacher by played by Christopher Russell, whose name is Ryan. And Michelle's daughter is in Ryan's class. At the beginning of the movie, Michelle and her cohort of optometrists are going to the school to give all of the students free eye exams. And Michelle convinces Ryan, the teacher, to sit for an eye exam. He passes, but she's still skeptical about whether he can see color or not. So she and her daughter decide to go to a gingerbread house making event at the school and invite Ryan to sit down with them. And she asks Ryan to hand her the red candies, and he does. And then she asks Ryan to hand her the green candies and he does and then she asks Ryan to hand her the purple and the pink candies and he hands her the blue and the yellow candies <gasps> Ryan is colorblind but don't <laughs> worry Michelle the optometrist has read in a science journal that there are new lenses that could help Ryan see color again the only problem is he doesn't want them and that's the setup for this film <laughs> Mm, the cheese factor is so high. 
This is Swiss, Havarti, <sighs> Gouda, and Brie <sighs> all rolled into one. <laughs> I will say this one had the teacher who was good looking, but not a good actor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. Christopher Russell as Ryan. Sure. He's good looking, whatever. Fine. I thought he did a very good job before he put on the glasses when he could only see in black and white and he was just stern and a grumpus. He was good <laughs> at grumpus. But as soon as he was supposed to be filled with the holiday spirit and see the colors of the world. No, no, no. I saw no color in that performance. It was just boring. Yeah, he was boring. And I, I thought it was funny that the optometrist, so her daughter is in his class, but she doesn't know him. And then <laughs> she pulls him over to have the eye exam in a really unprofessional way. She's a doctor, but she's holding his hand and dragging him over there. And I was like, oh, there's a God. lot of inappropriate behavior in this there's film. A, there's a lot, especially as a medical professional, a lot of inappropriate behavior and doing things without consent. There's a lot of things that are happening. I would be really frightened if my doctor did that. Yes. That would not just be, a, oh, I'm disappointed that you did this without telling me. I would be like, uh, restraining order, stay away from me. <laughs> like that level. Especially when she herself is also experiencing some pretty ridiculous behavior from her ex. Are you not picking up that you're kind of being stalkerish to this guy? Because you're feeling like that about your ex. And also blatantly checking him out, eyeing him up and down at every moment. <laughs> I was like, is she serious? She's like at work right now. She can't stop checking this teacher out who she's never heard of or met, but it's also her daughter's teacher. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I was a little frustrated by how quickly he went from Grumpus to Christmas kook. He had no Christmas decorations in his classroom. He absolutely refused to have them. He said that they distracted from students learning. <laughs> yeah, and then as soon as he can see the color, he's like, ooh, I want Christmas everywhere. <laughs> so he's just selfish. He doesn't want to do it for the kids, but he'll do it for himself. Well, and at first I thought when the daughter was like, oh, I don't even remember his name, Mr. Whatever, colorblind. Tanner. He, Mr. Oh, Mr. Tanner. She's like, you know, he doesn't like Christmas decorations in the classroom. He doesn't allow it. And the optometrist mother, I don't know any of their names. Uh, this is how engaged. Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> Michelle. And then Bailey's Michelle. the daughter. Okay. So Michelle is like, oh my gosh, you know, like so surprised. Like, why not? And I was just thinking, well, you know what? We don't know why. Maybe he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Why is this such a huge deal? But then we find out he's colorblind and he's just a Scrooge. Let's talk about Mark, that's the ex-boyfriend who is stalking Michelle. <laughs> Highly it, inappropriate, yeah. should be reported. Yeah. This is unwanted advances. She's made it clear they're unwanted and he's still, he shows up at her house. Yes, at the door. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Let's talk. Like, oh, She's crazy. already said no, dude. No means no. no and means no. please get a natural hair color. <laughs> The bleach blonde was not good. It was orange. It was the color of sun-kissed soda. <laughs> you don't want your hair to be the color of soda. Maybe he's too much sun in. <laughs> Speaking of a 90s throwback, this is the point where I kind of fell asleep and I was going in and out. I don't remember him being stalkerish, so it's good to know that you guys saw that. Oh, that's totally. not okay. It was especially uncomfortable when the daughter even realized how stalker she was like, Mom, what's he doing here? That's scary, okay? That's, that's not good. It's time to call the cops. You know? <laughs> that's 
not okay. Uh, seriously. Maybe um, she just thinks it's the way people do things because she did a lot of things that was inappropriate too. It's true. Doing true. things without the medical consent of your patient. <laughs> Everybody's doing unethical things and borderline <laughs> illegal stuff in this movie. This is a highly unethical movie. Very unethical movie. There were two things that I felt about this film. One was the X mark being the tension point. That's what we chose to do here. I wish it was something like, oh, the glasses got crushed and then he comes to have a real appreciation. I don't know, something more exciting than this creepy vibe that we had to go down. I was not happy about the way that we were supposed to be gripped into the action. That was not cool. Mm -hmm. Didn't believe it. And then the other thing is that there were three things that I just couldn't get over. Item number one, the house was very excessive. (laughs) What the hell with this house? It is so beautiful. Do you have $5 million? Because I don't know how you can afford this house. The house didn't bother me in this. She's an optometrist. They probably make good money. She's a doctor. That's true. I'll buy that a doctor can afford a nice home. And the other two things, though, was one, as a doctor, it's cold outside. It's winter. Every time she was in the office, she was always wearing black mini skirts. And I was like, is that what you wear in the wintertime? I don't know. And then the other part was obviously the optometrist is Dr. Stevens. And we would call Ryan Mr. Tanner, but it turns out his PhD. So for me, as someone who is rooted in the academia world a bit, people who are in education, setting, even like high school teachers, elementary school teachers, etc. If you have your PhD, you're called doctor. So he should be Dr. Tanner. Minor inconsistencies, but they just added to the bugginess of this film that I was like, mm, I'm not feeling it. I'm oh no, I, I didn't feel this film at all. I, I almost nope. even questioned whether I was watching the correct film because it was so bad that I was like, is this what we're watching this week? Did I watch the right one? And then I looked and I was like, nope, this is the right one. <laughs> It's because the title like sounded so good. You're like, oh, colorful time of year. And the, I think the title was the best part of the film. The, the title was the good part. And the setup is good. I like the idea of a person who is colorblind, who is then shown the color of Christmas and the wonderment that, that would unveil for them. Christopher Russell had no wonderment. And so yeah. I lost that. I was also really frustrated that he put on the glasses so early in the movie. One third of the way through the movie, he puts on the glasses and he's like, oh, it's so pretty. And now I've got two thirds of the movie left and I'm like, what are we going to do for the rest of this movie? Well, apparently we get Stalker Mark. We get Stalker Mark. We get Stalker Michelle. We get, I don't know, some weird pseudo affair with the gym teacher. Oh, this is weird. Who, she's totally hitting on him. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I just want to be friends. And she's like, okay, let me give you a kiss on the cheek to thank you for your honesty. <laughs> That's the thing. I just question her behavior throughout this entire film. There's so many layers to this. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> creepy Dr. Michelle, the optometrist, is like spying on this thing and saying, ooh, she kissed him. They're in love. There's just creepiness all over. Yeah. And also, I felt like Mr. Tanner was okay being colorblind. <laughs> like um, he was just, I'm totally fine with this. I don't really need you to do these things. I felt like they could have ended it right there. <laughs> Excuse me, Samantha. It's Dr. Tanner. <laughs> Dr. Tanner. <laughs> I will say I did like the relationship between Michelle and her daughter, Bailey, when they were talking about Bailey's 
dad who died. And I especially liked, there was something at the end where they're like, we're so happy because Ryan treats you the way he did. Obviously, it wasn't that memorable because I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember sitting there saying, ooh, that's something positive I can say about this movie. That's true. I also like the science project that she presented. I felt like, okay, take advantage of your optometrist mom and present these ideas to the class with this like sparkly Christmas tree. I thought that was cute, but that was kind of it. I don't know, guys. What do you think about this film? <laughs> I think we've been very clear that we do not like it. I'm running out of things to say. Honestly, I'm running out of things to say about this film. Mm. <laughs> well, I won't be watching this most colorful time of the year movie ever again. It'll be one of those that I see on the guide every year. And I'm like, oh, can't believe they're showing that one. Maybe it will fall off of Countdown to Christmas by 2024. Fingers crossed. <laughs> take it from us, Hallmark. Take this off the lineup. Sell it to Gak. Yes. Sell it to Gak. Yes. No, they put like Danica in it and I'll feel so terrible for her. What, you want to sell the script to Gak and remake it? <laughs> you think they could do better? They'll just use it, but then they'll call it like a most colorful Christmas or something. They'll just slightly change the title. Just a little bit and put Danica McKellar in it. I think they should give us the script first and we could do a pass. Just kind of fix it up. We could polish this. We could polish this up. Oh, yeah. Um, first job would be to get a new lead actor. <laughs> and less unethical behavior by medical professionals. And removal of stalker person. Any stalking behavior does not make for a good Christmas film. Stalker behavior like Death Santa does not belong in a Christmas movie. So basically we're saying we need to change the whole entire thing. <laughs> we can start with the premise of a colorblind man and an optometrist and see what happens. That's what got me to say, guys, let's do this one. Yeah, no, I love the premise. I was sold on it, but then I also thought I was watching the wrong film for a while there. <laughs> At any rate, folks, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please rate and follow. And if you feel so inclined, give a click and write a review for us. And find us where you find all your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.